Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA as a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler... How much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary... They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry... We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, show me in a courtroom how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now. M-S-W Media. Welcome to the Daily Beans for Wednesday, January 31st, 2024. Today, we could get a ruling from Judge Angoran in the $370 million New York Attorney General civil fraud case today. MAGA has declared a holy war against Taylor Swift. Nearly 30,000 firearms have been stolen from vehicles after Tennessee Republicans relaxed gun laws. The Department of Justice is investigating Representative Cori Bush. A white supremacist has been sentenced to 18 years for firebombing a church that hosted drag events. Insurrectionist Edward Richmond is ordered detained pending his trial. And Elon Musk can't keep his $55 billion Tesla pay package. I'm Allison Gill. And I'm Dana Goldberg. Hello, Dana. Happy hump day to you as well. Thank you, my friend. How yeah. are you today? I'm a little sleepy today for some reason, and I can't figure out why. I've been crabby all day, and so I'm just going to shake that off. And I, you know, I just feel like we should be able to tell people really how we're feeling instead of like, <laughs> how you doing? I'm fine. No, I'm fucking crabby. Allison's tired. This is what we're doing today. <laughs> today it's cranky and tired on the beans. That's right. We're the other dwarves. 
<laughs> that is why we need your good news submissions. Please yes, send please. them to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. Send us your baby pictures and everything else. We love those, uh, especially uh, have been really, really loving the student debt relief stories and um, the the Department of Veterans Affairs, uh, you know, good news stories. So so send those in to us and along with anything else you want to send us. And because it's a busy news day, we have a couple of quick hits. To make a long story short, too late. All right. As you're listening to this, we may have a ruling in the New York Attorney General civil fraud trial. Here's my beans on this. As we, we record this Tuesday evening, so I don't know what the ruling is going to be. I think he's going to come back a little bit under $250 million. And I don't think Don Jr. or Eric are going to get hit as hard as Donald Trump. Those are my beans, beans. on that. Uh, but there will be some disgorgement. Of course, there will be appeals and, you know, everything has to go through that process. But that's kind of what I'm thinking, Dana. What do you th- what do you think? You know, you're usually right about this stuff. I would love to think that the kids get in more trouble than we think they're going to get. But at the same time, he's sort of, you know, I don't want to say the ringleader, but he's going to get hit harder than the boys. I just hope there's some repercussions for their cocky, snobby, disgusting, we're above the law, pretentious attitude. Mm, Yeah. And, you know, I'm basing that on a couple of pointed questions the judge asked the prosecutors during the trial about the evidence against Don Jr. and Eric. Uh, And that may have been an indication that he might go easier on them, but it also may be an indication that he might not. Because, you know, sometimes judges like ask tough questions to have it on the record. So I don't know, but we'll see. All right. Well, hopefully Eric can go back to his cement pouring business because I'm sure he misses it very much. (laughs) All that hard work that he does, the physical labor. (laughs) All righty. Do you remember Edward Richmond? He mm-hmm. was that army vet that was part of the attack on the Capitol that had served three years back in 2005 for killing an Iraqi civilian. Do you remember that? Yeah, yeah. And the DOJ had filed an emergency request that he be jailed pending his trial. Mm-hmm. Judge Bowsberg today ordered his detention. Mm-hmm. It happened. Quote, the judge reportedly said that it was a close call, according to Politico. However, the fact that Richmond was found in possession of an AR-15 when he was arrested despite him not being allowed to own firearms since his manslaughter conviction. Well, that was the deciding factor. So talk around, find out. That'll push you over the edge with Chief Judge Bozberg. So, yeah. And you remember Judge Bozberg took Judge Beryl Halspot as the chief judge. They rotate. Mm -hmm. And so he's the chief judge there. And this was his call. He was sentencing him because he, you know, he hears regular cases, even though he's the chief judge. But that was the AR-15 was a deciding factor. And, you know, I'm sure a lot of the uh, ammo sexuals are going to be super pleased about that. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, another judge has said that Elon Musk has to give up his compensation package awarded by Tesla's board of directors, that it potentially uh, was worth more than $55 billion. The ruling in a Delaware court comes five years after a shareholder lawsuit targeted Tesla CEO, Elon, and the directors. They were accused of breaching their duties to the electric vehicle and solar panel manufacturer, resulting in a waste of corporate assets and unjust enrichment for Elon Musk. Plaintiff's lawyers argued the pay package was dictated by Musk and was the product of sham negotiations with directors who were not independent of him. So, womp womp. I love that. I mean, let's see what really happens. And you know what I mean? But that's a lot of money. And I hope that it really does go bye bye. 
Yeah, I think he was hoping to replace all the money he lost when he when he tanked Twitter. <laughs> oh, I think he's already had that replaced by Russia, by some. I I am seriously, I know conspiracy theory. There is absolutely no way he bought X with his own money. He is definitely that was bankrolled somehow. Oh no, it, I mean, and that you know there are records. Um, yeah. that that it was uh, bankrolled by the Saudis and China a little bit at least. Uh, yeah. And I think the Treasury is still investigating that to see whether or not our user data can be accessed by those governments. Hmm. Um, so hopefully we'll find out that they can't. Uh, but otherwise, they can get all my dick jokes on Twitter. That's fine. There you go. All right, we have a lot of news to get to. Let's hit the hot notes. Hot notes. That'd be funny, though, right? If the governments of Saudi Arabia started doing comedy and like stole my dick jokes from Twitter. <laughs> That'd be fun. All right. First up from Roundsley at the Rolling Stone. This is interesting. Singer songwriter Taylor Swift has not even endorsed Joe Biden for president yet, but that hasn't stopped members of Magaland's upper crust from plotting to declare, as one source close to Trump calls it, a holy war on the pop megastar, especially if she ends up publicly backing the Democrats in 2024. According to three people familiar with the matter, Trump loyalists working on or close to the former president's campaign, longtime Trump allies in right-wing media, and an array of outside advisors to the ex-president have long taken it as given that Taylor Swift will eventually endorse Joe Biden as she did in 2020. Indeed, several of these Republicans and conservative media figures have discussed the matter with Trump over the past few months. <laughs> While Swift has not yet issued an endorsement in the 2024 race, the New York Times reported Monday that Swift is a key name on Biden aides' wish list of potential surrogates. A potential Swift appearance at Super Bowl, what, LVIII? What is that? 50, uh, 28? 60, no, it's 58? 58? 58. 58, look at me. Look Going at you. Roman numerals. <laughs> I'm all LVIII. Come on, just put the number in there. LVIII. <laughs> So her appearance alongside her boyfriend, Kansas City Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey, has already prompted the MAGA rights culture war pugilists into a conspiracy-fueled froth about how the NFL season has been rigged to boost Joe Biden. Now, behind the scenes, Trump has reacted to the possibility of a Biden and Swift teaming up against him this year, not with alarm, but with an instant projection of ego. In recent weeks, the former president has told people in his orbit that no amount of A-list celebrity endorsements will save Biden. Trump has also privately claimed that he is more popular than Taylor Swift. <laughs> I mean, this man's ego is more fragile than the China in my grandmother's cabinet. Oh. Uh, he's claiming he's more popular than Taylor Swift. And that he has more committed fans than she does. That's according to a person close to Trump and another source with knowledge of the matter that spoke to Rolling Stone. Oh, my gosh. Last month, the source close to Trump adds the ex-president commented to some confidants that it obviously made no sense that he was not named Time Magazine's 2023 oh, person right. of the year, which is an honor that went to Taylor Swift. <laughs> On Monday... Trump's lawyer, Alina Habba, shared a post on social media that includes the caption, who thinks this country needs a lot more women like Alina Habba and a lot less like Taylor Swift? Uh, Habba has represented Trump in the E. Jean Carroll defamation case where he was ordered to pay $83.3 million. So yeah. Um, oh, and by the way, there was a little back and forth in that case today. We'll go over that on Cleanup on L45. Not today, but next week, um, where Alina Habba wrote a letter saying, um, you know... 
that there was a mentor-mentee relationship that I have questions about between Judge Kaplan and E. Jean Carroll's attorney, you know, Robbie Kaplan, the, the great Robbie Kaplan. And I have questions. She was like, Jesse, the body venture. I have questions. And, uh, and then <laughs> Robbie Kaplan wrote back and said, it was in 1991. We overlapped for two years and uh, he was a senior person and I was like a junior, super junior person. We never met. We never talked. Um, and also she, she uh, accused or, or sort of hinted at the fact that Alina Haba fed that conspiracy theory to the New York Post mm -hmm. instead of Alina Haba who to told the judge, I heard this from the New York Post. Everyone's like, no, I think you probably said that first. <laughs> and so then she so she walked her entire allegation back in a, in a response being like, hey, I was just asking questions. Uh, I can see that, that you're not interested in that. So we'll just consider <laughs> this matter resolved. Oh, my God. So yeah, we need more hers and less Taylors. Okay. Now, this, this is um, Fox News host Janine Pirro. Judge Box of Wine, yep. who and I'm not knocking boxes of wine. I'm just saying, who acted as an informal political advisor to Trump, including during his presidency. By the way, warned Taylor Swift to stay out of 2024. Don't get involved. Don't get involved in politics. We don't want to see you there. She said. Joe Biden is in a hole with young people. A whole thing. He knows it. And if he thinks Taylor can get him out of that hole, he's going to go for it. Unquote. Okay. Uh, I think Taylor Swift is in her 30s. All right. Former GOP presidential hopeful and current Trump hype man Vivek Ramaswamy also took to Twitter following the latest Chiefs playoffs win to claim that unnamed forces, Dana, would rig the Super Bowl. Oh, I've read all about this. To give the as yet non-existent endorsement from the artificially culturally propped up couple increased visibility he thinks, he thinks it's all a sham. Their dating's a sham. Part of the but deep you know, state. you know, the 49ers can win the Super Bowl if Pence does the right thing. <laughs> <laughs> so MAGA pundits have spent months fuming about Taylor Swift and her boyfriend already hated him because of his COVID-19 vaccine spokesmanship. And during a rant in November about Republican losses across a string of state elections and abortion-related ballot initiatives, Turning Point USA founder and Trump ally Charlie Kirk warned that Swift was, quote, going to come out in the presidential election and mobilize her fans, adding that all the Swifties, all they want is Swift abortion. Okay. Fox News host and Trump buddy Jesse Waters declared Swift, a potential Pentagon psyop, <laughs> and a and They're a front a mess, and a front for a covert political agenda, during a segment earlier this month, uh, and I think Jack Posobiec or Posobiec or whatever. Oh my the fuck god! His I was name just is. pulling up the tweet, the tw the the quote. Can I Tell read it? Yeah, read. It. He says we don't have Taylor Swift on our side, but you know who we have? We have Kid Rock. We've got Ted Nugent. We've got influencers. We have all these people. John Voight. John Voight. <laughs> it's my favorite. He forgot Scott Baio and Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, I think one guy even tweeted like. If he wins a Super Bowl and gets a $70,000 bonus, that makes Taylor Swift a gold digger. Yeah. Like <laughs> she would wipe her ass with $70,000 and not even realize it. Well, she wouldn't actually do that because she's a really good philanthropist, so she right. would give it to someone who needed it. 
Oh, shit. All right. Your, your turn. All right. I'm going to give you a break and I'm going to cover this story uh, in Nashville, which is a slightly more terrifying story. This is from Phil Williams at News Channel 5 in Nashville. Nearly 30,000 firearms have been stolen from motor vehicles in Tennessee in the decades since Republican lawmakers voted to allow gun owners to keep their weapons in their cars and trucks without any penalty for those who leave them unsecured. This is a News Channel 5 analysis. This is what they discovered. In 2022 alone, the most recent year for which statewide numbers are available, data from the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation shows that more than 5,000 guns were stolen from motor vehicles, in many cases putting them into the hands of dangerous individuals who are not legally entitled to possess firearms and are likely to commit other crimes, right? What could possibly go wrong? Right, like how they're all, we could give the good guys with the guns, but feel, you know, feel free to steal them out of people's cars. Totally. That's what good guys with guns do is they steal people's guns out of cars. I mean, what kind of a war board is arson if it's not that? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All right. Some of those stolen weapons have since been, hold on, I said arson, isn't that fire? Yeah. Okay, going back. What? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay. I <laughs> you didn't even correct me. I thought you didn't correct me. All right. Some of those stolen weapons have been used to kill innocent Tennesseans, AG. But Tennessee Republicans have so far shown little interest in revisiting those laws or in cracking down on gun owners who make their firearms easy targets. Quote, listen, freedom comes with some dangers. That's one of the things that made our country great is that we put the power in people's hands. That's from Rep. Jeremy Faison. He's an East Tennessee Republican, shocking, who sponsored this in 2013 legislation. Yeah, you put the power in people's hands and apparently the guns as well. The rollback of Tennessee's gun laws, they began in 2013 with legislation to allow gun owners to keep their weapons in their cars and trucks. At the time, it was dubbed Guns and Trucks Bill. They must have networked that one for a while. Mm. That law specified that the firearm needed to be quote, kept from ordinary observation and locked within the trunk, glove box, or interior of the person's motor vehicle, or a container securely affixed to the motor vehicle if the person is not in the motor vehicle. But there was no penalty, by the way, for violating that provision. New Channel 5 investigates asked the Republican sponsor, Jeremy Faison, quote, in hindsight, was that a good bill? Oh, absolutely, Faison answered, Mm. who now serves as the chair of the House Republican Caucus. Of course he does. Yep. Quote, my district is incredibly pro-Second Amendment, pro-gun, don't touch my guns. Everywhere I go, that's what I hear. That's what I was asked to do. That's what I did. End quote. Hmm. But when News Channel 5 investigates crunch the TBI data, we discover that in 2013, the year the law was first passed, there were just 46 guns reported stolen from motor vehicles for the entire state of Tennessee. Three years later, that number has shot up to more than 2,000 reported cases, and the next year it went up to 4,000. By 2022, there were almost 5,400 guns reported stolen from cars and trucks statewide. That's 29,167 firearms stolen from motor vehicles since Faison's bill became law. Quote, that's not directly a representation of what we have done, the House Republican leader insisted, claiming it was more of a reflection of crime rates. Well, News Channel 5 investigates pressed on this, quote, but this was overnight. I mean, it went from 46 firearms stolen from cars in 2013 to, in 2016, more than 2,000. The next year, it was more than 4,000. How can you say that had nothing to do with your legislation? And Faison responded with, I could also tell you that there are crimes stopped. You don't have the statistics of people who have actually stopped violent crimes because they have the ability to protect themselves. 
None of that's fucking related, by the way. (laughs) But News Channel 5, they dug up the statistics showing when guns have been used to commit crimes during the time that Republicans said they were making us safer. (laughs) I love News Channel 5. I know. Since 2013, according to TBI data, the number of crimes against persons involving firearms actually shot up from just under 10,000 to more than 23,000 in 2021, and then just under 22,000 in the next year. Aggravated assaults with guns rose from 8,600 to more than 21,000 in that same time period. Murder shot up from 223 in 2013 to more than 600 in 2021. The next year, there were 504 murders statewide involving firearms. Increasingly, Faison argued that this isn't really a problem for his district and that it's mainly Memphis and Nashville, not East Tennessee. Well, it turns out that the number of firearms stolen from motor vehicles there has jumped from just 17 the year he passed his bill to more than a thousand every year. This is his district now. And the number of crimes against persons in East Tennessee involving firearms, that has almost doubled. So it does happen in your district. It does indeed. Not just mm. Memphis and in Asheville. Ugh. Seems like. Well, there's a whole lot more to this story, by the way. Um, we only have part of it here. Uh, there's going to be there's a link to the full story in the show notes. Uh, so go check it out. Please follow Phil Williams on social media. Um, it's he his investigative news team is just top notch. All right. Next up from Whitney Wild at CNN. The Justice Department is investigating Democratic Representative Cory Bush of Missouri for misuse of funds. And that's according to a senior congressional source with knowledge and a source familiar with the probe who spoke to CNN after the Department of Justice subpoenaed the House Sergeant at Arms Monday for documents related to the matter. Separately, two law enforcement sources told CNN the investigation is targeting Bush, who is the subject of a corruption probe. Now, according to the sources familiar with the investigation, the subpoena involves the misuse of funds surrounding her personal security. Bush confirmed in a statement that the Justice Department is reviewing her campaign's spending on security services and says she's fully cooperating with that investigation. She says, quote, first and foremost, I hold myself, my campaign and my position to the highest level of integrity. I also believe in transparency, which is why I can confirm that the DOJ is reviewing my campaign spending on security services. We're fully cooperating in that investigation. I would like to take this opportunity to outline the facts and the truth. Now, she maintains she has not used any federal tax dollars for personal security services and that she's complied with the House rules. You can use campaign donations for your security. But she further explained she retained her husband's security services, quote, because he has extensive experience in this area and is able to provide the necessary services at or below a fair market rate. And, you know, I'll break in here to the CNN story. That might be the crux of this investigation, right? Not that she's spending campaign funds on personal security because she can and she needs personal security, but it might be that she hired her husband sure. or and his company. But I don't know. I don't, that doesn't quite feel illegal to me, but it is under investigation and we'll see where it goes. Justice Department obviously declined to comment. The House clerk on Monday read a letter on the floor from the sergeant at arms informing the chamber of the subpoena. And Dana... I saved this good news story for you. I appreciate that. Everyone ready? This is from Ryan Riley at NBC. A member of the pro-Nazi group White Lives Matter was sentenced to 18 years in federal prison for firebombing an Ohio church that had been planning to host nothing other than two drag events. Good. I hope this guy rots. 
Amin Penny is a 20-year-old far-right extremist from Ohio, was arrested last year after he made Molotov cocktails and threw them at the community church of Chesterlin in Chesterlin, Ohio. That was on March 25th of 2023. Penny pleaded guilty in October to church arson hate crime, as well as using fire and explosives to commit a felony. Judge Bridget Meehan Brennan sentenced Penny to a total of 216 months in prison on Monday. In a sentencing memo, federal prosecutors said that church burnings, quote, have a long and sorbid history in the United States and said that burning a church is as as potent a symbol of hate as burning a cross on a lawn or leaving a hanging noose. That is a powerful statement. According to prosecutors, Penny had previously traveled to Wadsworth, Ohio, in advance of a drag queen story hour to distribute propaganda flyers for the group. During an interview with the FBI, Penny, quote, stated that he would have felt better if the Molotov cocktails were more effective and burned the entire church to the ground. That's what the prosecutors wrote. Appearing in court for sentencing, Penny did not apologize. He justified his actions as protecting children. That's according to Columbus Dispatch. Well, we know where those talking points come from. Prosecutors said that Penny was a member of the White Lives Matter group, which they described as having a racist, pro-Nazi, and homophobic views. Inside Penny's vehicle, prosecutors wrote, and this is terrifying, authorities found an M4A1 carbine, 5.56 millimeter assault rifle with scope, seven rifle magazines containing 5.56 millimeter ammunition, a Ruger handgun, three magazines containing nine millimeter ammunition, a tactical vest, a shield, and three knives in sheaths. While search of his residence found a Glock nine millimeter handgun, four magazines containing nine millimeter ammunition, a Smith & Wesson MP15 rifle, uh, a Walther piston model P22, Ivor Johnson arms and cycle works, 12 gauge shotgun, Jesus. 15 magazines loaded with ammunition, various boxes of ammunition, and Nazi memorabilia. Hmm. Yeah. Petty, the FBI, wrote a, quote, manifesto that took pride in the attack, claiming that he was, quote, respected for it in jail. The manifesto was full of twisted and false historical narratives, calls for war and violence, justifications for his actions, and the spewing of transphobic and anti-Semitic hatred. This is all from the prosecutors. Penny believed that he was doing, quote, God's work and that he steered history by attacking the church. This is all from the prosecutors. Penny, this is from the authorities now, appeared to have increasingly radicalized via online interactions since at least 2017 and gravitated toward Nazi ideology and white supremacist groups. Matthew Olson, the assistant attorney general of the Justice Department's National Security Division, said the sentence, quote, holds Mr. Penny accountable for carrying out violence against an Ohio church because he disagreed with the way congregants chose to express their beliefs and that acts of the extremist violence had no place in our communities. I really wish there would have been a more direct quote about the LGBTQ community, but I think that comes later from someone else. Assistant Attorney General Kristen Clark, that's who it is, of the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division said officials hoped the significant sentence sends a clear and resounding message that this type of hate-fueled attack against a church will not be tolerated in America. Went on to say this defendant tried to burn down a church simply because its members created space for and provided support to the LGBTQ plus community. She went on to say the Justice Department will vigorously investigate and prosecute such senseless, bias-motivated violence against people exercising their constitutionally protected right to practice their religion and express their beliefs. Mm. 18 years. 18 years. 
that's um, more than a lot of uh, Oath Keepers and Proud Boys got for, for January 6th, and deservedly so. Yep. Uh, of course, Merrick Garland is going to appeal those short sentences yes, for Oath yes, Keepers yes. stuff. But, but um, 18 years, rot, motherfucker. Absolutely. Absolutely rot. All right, everybody, uh, we have good news to get to, uh, but we have to take a quick break. So everybody stick around. We'll be right back. Everybody, welcome back. It's time for the good news. Good news, good news. And if you have any good news, confessions, corrections, you want to play What the Fark is in Your Ark, I think we're going to call it that from now on. Um, but I still want to say what's the model of your oxalotl because I still love that. <laughs> Thank you, Dana, for that. And then uh, also, if you have a shout out to a small business in your community or uh, to a loved one or a self shout out, we are loving, loving, loving the student debt relief stories. And I also am, you know, we're really enjoying the, the, the good, the good news stories from the, from VA, from healthcare that you get from the Department of Veterans Affairs. Um, send those in if you want to uh, send an adoptable pet in your area. If you don't have pod pet tax to pay, whatever you want to send us, you can do it at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact. First up, from Gary, pronouns he and him, after hearing the correction about addiction, I wanted to promote the nonprofit org my sister works at, Shatterproof. Briefly, stigma is real and it gets in the way of recovery. For millions of Americans and those who love them, ending stigma is a matter of survival. Treating those with substance use disorders with compassion has immense impact. Link to the nonprofit will be in the show notes at shatterproof.org. Um, and here is an unrelated pod pet tax. My dog, Miss Juno. She's beautiful. Oh, Jenny. she is. And thanks for that reminder. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you, Gary. All right. This one's from Anonymous. No pronouns given. Hello, beans, queens, and fellow Leguminati. Shout out to the Fargo, North Dakota VA. My brother-in-law. Whoop, whoop. My brother-in-law is a Korean War Navy vet who is now nearly 92. He's been going to Fargo VA for the past 12 years or so. They were Johnny on the spot diagnosing his colon cancer early, taking care of his ma uh, macular degeneration, his failing hearing, all those things that can go wrong as people age. The staff is warm and welcoming to my sister as well, helping her understand his treatment plan as she has almost completely lost her hearing in the past couple of years. I have taken them to appointments and surgery, and they've treated me like a queen, too. The great care the Fargo VA provides is second to none. Awesome. So glad to hear it. Good job, Fargo. Yeah. Eh? Nice. You find something uh, down there, Marge? <laughs> no. Hey, Marge. Hey. I, 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 think I, I answered your question. <laughs> I answered Don't your you question. Don't you get snippy with me. <laughs> I'm just doing my job. <laughs> God, I love that movie. No. He's fleeing the interview. He's fleeing He's the interview. Oh, uh, <laughs> I got the three cent stamp. Oh, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. <laughs> People use those a lot, you know, when the old stamps expire. Okay. So that must have been your partner in the wood chipper. Mm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they were both funny looking. Yeah. Funny looking how? So, you know, just funny looking. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Next up from anonymous pronouns, he and him. <laughs> 
Hi, I've loved and depended on the information and sanity of the podcast every day since 2018. Thank you for what you do. I'm in the UK, but the situation in the US is not just important to the US. I just wanted to recommend to your listeners the BBC podcast series, How Things Fell Apart by John Ronson. It's incredibly informative, but even more importantly, it looks for humanity on both sides of the polarized divide and treats everyone with respect. It's a UK production, so maybe it's less visible in the US, which is why I'm writing this. I'm just a listener and I'm not connected to the production in any way. Sure, anonymous. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, link to how things fell apart in the show notes. And I, I'm sorry, I paused on the name John Ronson because I keep thinking of Ron Johnson. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I, I was like, John Ronson, just, just like a spoonerism. Of I probably would have said it. Ron Johnson been like, that's what it says. My brain really wanted to say Ron Johnson. Thank you, AG. All right, this one's from Shalice. No pronouns given. Good morning, fearless legume leaders. I'm a Utah resident and woke up this Friday to the depressing news that the state legislator had passed their hateful trans bathroom bill. This indeed did happen, by the way. In addition, an anti-DEI measure has passed the state Senate trying to abolish all DEI departments and programs in public schools and universities. However, hope is not lost. At Brigham Young University in Provo, Utah, there's a wonderful group of students of color called the Black Menaces. Their social media posts are devoted to highlighting issues of racism and discrimination in the state of Utah. They have started a campaign to pressure the International Olympic Committee to not host the 2034 Winter Games in Utah as these bills pass. Unfortunately, quote, money talks and all else walks. So if you would like to help your trans and people of color siblings, POC siblings in the state of Utah, please go to the Olympics request page and ask them why they are considering holding the Olympics in a place that does not hold to the Olympic values of excellence, respect and friendship. Nice. I have been a listener since the kitchen table days. and I'm so grateful to the wonderful community this podcast has built. You, AG, are a badass. It sucks that you had to go through all the shit you did when the orange guy and his administration of dumbass henchmen, but you came out on the other side with this wonderful podcast community and media empire. Also, to paraphrase Nietzsche, quote, that which does not kill you makes you stronger, gives you unhealthy coping skills, and a wickedly dark sense of humor. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm glad you had, like, the whole rest of that quote is so important. It is. Now for Pod Pet Tax, I give you my two void sisters, Midnight and Smokey. Mm. I put a bird feeder on the back porch for them, and we call it their kitty cable. (laughs) Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Shalice. We'll have a link to that uh, Olympic page in in the show notes. So everybody, click on that link and say why. Why are you considering hosting, having the Olympics be hosted in a state that does not represent your Olympic values? Thank you so much for that. Look at the kitty babies. Oh my gosh, this next photo. Okay. Next up from Kay, pronoun she and her. I listen with my two-year-old on our commute every morning. They call the show Work News. This morning, AG said, pew, pew, pew. And the kid thought it was hilarious and sat in the car seat laughing and yelling, pew, pew, pew. (laughs) (laughs) They will also sing, we'll be right back and repeat other common phrases. Just thought you should know you have a tiny fan. I've included a photo of the little ones snug and cozy in their seat, as well as a photo of their best friend, Willow. I adopted Willow from a shelter in 2017, and she just celebrated her seventh birthday. She's as wild as ever and has been the best pup with a toddler. We have never done a DNA test, so no wrong answers in guessing what breeds are in her mix. First of all, there's some German shepherd. 
Look at that adorable child. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, or like maybe a Malinois, one of those, mm-hmm. right? Because of the ears. Yeah. Uh, maybe a little Australian Shepherd because of the white patch on the chest. But I think mostly German Shepherd here. I would think so. Very handsome. Very handsome. Adorbs. All right. This is from Nancy. Pronoun she and her. Hey, Beans Queens. I just wanted to share a very unique volunteer opportunity that I am involved with. Acquaint is a nonprofit organization promoting cultural understanding and cooperation. You will talk to someone in another country online for about an hour. You'll just know the name of the person you are talking to. I've spoken to men and women of all ages in many countries, including Mongolia, Pakistan, Ukraine, Israel, and China. This is a wonderful experience, and you realize that people still look up to the U.S. There's going to be a link in the show notes. It's acquaint.org. For pod pet tax, here's a pic of my new feral kitty I'm trying to socialize. (laughs) Smudge. She's still afraid to leave her hiding place, but we're making progress. Oh, she's beautiful. She is. Nancy, when I brought Bruce Willis home, he hid in his little cubby hole for a couple of weeks. And then he ended up being the most friendly cat I ever had. Next up, Rita, pronouns she and her. Hello, ladies. I'm a foreign correspondent in Los Angeles. And I started listening to Muller. She wrote back in the kitchen table days as a research tool to help me navigate the complexity of the situation. I never stopped listening and once in a while would mention the podcast to friends and get some eye rolls. You listen to politics podcasts for fun? Well, last November, I was on a second date with an incredibly handsome man who asked if I knew the band They Might Be Giants. I said, of course, they do the theme song for the Daily Beans. <laughs> and not only did he know the podcast, he's a patron. Amazing, Rita, you found a keeper. This was one of the greenest of green flags and one of the reasons why I'm his girlfriend now. So after a divorce, subsequent failed relationships and a miserable time trying to date in L.A., I found the love of my life in this wonderful man who I can talk politics podcasts with. Mark, I love you. Everything is better with you. And thank you, ladies, for what you do. A pod pet tax photo is my late dog, Malu, who was the bestest boy a California-loving European could ever have. Look at that face. I love this submission. Rita, I'm glad you found your bow. I do, too. And the beans brings people together. It does. Oh, look at this doggy face. Is that a Kuvaz? He's beautiful. Cutie. And thank you to everyone for submitting. This was the international version of the good news today, I feel. I know. It was good. We got people all over the world listening to us. Yeah, for real. Our shenanigans shenanigans so thanks to everybody really for sending in your good news you can send it to us at dailybeanspod.com and click on contact uh do you have any final thoughts before we get out of here my friend i do not all right everybody we'll be back in your ears tomorrow still no ruling on the immunity from the dc circuit court of appeals maybe friday maybe they only release their rulings on tuesdays and fridays we'll see uh you know the thing is that judge henderson the Bush appointee, she's the senior judge. She gets to write the opinion. She voted no on w- when Jack Smith wanted to expedite this. Mm-hmm. She was outvoted by the other two. But she gets to write the opinion because she's the senior judge of the three. So maybe this is her way of delaying it. I mean, uh, who knows? I don't know. But I'm like, come on, man. Everybody, we'll be back in your ears tomorrow. <laughs> hopefully with hopefully with that ruling, but probably not. Until then, please take care of yourself. Take care of each other. Take care of the planet. Take care of your mental health. Take care of your family. Vote blue over Q. And please take everyone you know with you. I've been AG. And I've been DG. And them's The Beans. The Daily Beans is written and executive produced by Allison Gill with additional research and reporting by Dana Goldberg. 
Sound design and editing is by Desiree McFarlane, with art and web design by Joel Reeder with Moxie Design Studios. Music for The Daily Beans is written and performed by They Might Be Giants, and the show is a proud member of the MSW Media Network, a collection of creator-owned podcasts dedicated to news, politics, and justice. For more information, please visit mswmedia.com. MSW Media. Hi, this is John Cryer, and I am hosting a new seven-part true crime podcast called Lawyers, Guns, and Money that'll challenge everything you think you know about U.S. covert operations and presidential misconduct. From Jack Bryan, the director of American PSYOP, comes the incredible true story of John Mattis, a newly sworn-in Miami public defender in the 1980s who has found himself completely in over his head. I step off the plane, and there is a van with a couple guys with Uzis. And one of them in broken English said, welcome to Bogota, John. Mattis's first felony defendant has been arrested for having a machine gun and tells Mattis a dangerous secret. He was shipping arms into Central America on behalf of the CIA. As a first-time lawyer, I want to act like I know what I'm doing. But with the help of a Colombian drug smuggler, how much money the CIA raised by hitting up drug dealers? A lot of money, millions of dollars. An Alabama mercenary. They were prepared to die to the last man. I saw this in them. I saw the fire in their eyes. And they made me their war chief. And a newly elected senator, John Kerry. We are looking at allegations of drug running, gun smuggling, conspiracy to commit murder and murder itself. He'll fight to free his client. The judge said, Show me, in a courtroom, how we were at war. Expose an illegal war being run by the White House. I mean, I wanted him involved, but I didn't want to be on record as doing it. And somehow stay alive in the process. I just escaped a kidnapping by the CIA in Costa Rica. This is Lawyers, Guns, and Money. So you have a man in Armani suit standing on the bow of a boat with a rocket launcher and says, if I lose sight of you, I will launch. You will be vaporized. Available everywhere starting October 29th, or get it ad-free and early starting October 22nd at lawyersgunsandmoney.supercast.com. There you'll find bonus episodes along with exclusive content. Subscribe now.